You're listening to Reset. Re Re Reset. With Omar Alduri. Omar Alduri. Reset. Reset. With Omar Alduri. Welcome to Reset with Omar Duri. Hope you're safe, home, and blessed wherever you're tuned in around the world. Today isn't a normal episode because I have a special co-host who will be jumping on the podcast weekly to add a whole different perspective on Reset. She's a jiu-jitsu world champion, a health coach, and a wonderful human being. Round of applause for Ishtar Azawi. Now, Ishtar, you brought this gentleman to the table and said, Omar, amongst the guests, we need to bring on this guy I've worked with. What stood out for you? Um, I think for me, working with David personally, I just absolutely loved his simple approach. And um, it was one of these things where there was no right or wrong. It was just giving me tools. So I think this is something I want to share with the world. Amazing. David Godfrey is the author of Think Straight, Lose Weight and a specialist in emotional and behavior change. What better time to bring him on the show with millions of people experiencing a lot of emotion and behavior patterns. David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. David, when we talk about achieving goals in health and well-being, the barrier that is often neglected and needs to be broken is emotional fitness. What are the simple steps to breaking bad habits to achieve these? Wow, massive topic. Okay, so emotional fitness, I think, is one of the most important things that underpins our ability to achieve goals, particularly when it comes to health, fitness, and well-being. We, all of us make decisions for emotional reasons first, and then we justify them with logic later. If you look at all of the sequence of decisions required to achieve something, as, as they say, success isn't an overnight event and neither is failure. It's the uh, accumulation of lots and lots of decision points. And so what is it that causes somebody to make a decision that later on they label as them sabotaging themselves? Well, it's because of some kind of emotional blockages. And all of us have these deep core emotional needs that need to be met. And as we grow up and as we go through life, we go through childhood and adolescence and then young adults and, and beyond, we're trying to figure out how to meet those needs, but nobody ever gives us a blueprint. And every single day we're getting conditioned into how we try to meet those emotional needs and we can sometimes develop a bunch of bad habits that mean that now we're trying to meet those needs in ways that just fundamentally don't work so when it comes to establishing emotional fitness there's a bunch of skill sets that we need to teach people and I think one of the key ones is their relationship with themselves. Nice. Um, I, I think to keep this conversation as, as, as simple and succinct as possible without me yeah. talk, talking for days, which tends to happen. <laughs> um, I think your relationship with yourself is, is, is one of the key places to start. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting and um, on point. Um, also, David, I know you don't just work with anyone. Can you tell me how you pick your clients? Yes, so certainly with our, uh, our coaching program, we need to make sure that somebody is ready for what we do. So we specialize in 
uh, helping people overcome binge eating, emotional eating, and other kind of emotional struggles that are going on behind the scenes, like not feeling good enough, or perfectionism, stress, overwhelm, those, these kinds of things. And the results that we get with our clients are dependent on three things. One is the quality of the method, two is the quality of the coaching, and then three is the client's application to the process. So we need to make sure that somebody is gonna be fully committed to the process. They are all in, because what we're doing is training. It's not, it's not a process yeah. where they're gonna sit back and talk about their problems and hope that somebody else is gonna fix them. It's training 100%. for their mind, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes I think people are a bit reserved when it comes to the costs of um, working with a coach. And their first question is, how much is it to work on this program? Um, now, for yourself, do you find that question is a problem? Should it be the first question on a client's mind or should there be more important questions than just the pr price tag? Yeah, it's, it, for us, it's certainly, it's the last thing that we even discuss. Why? Well, because first and foremost, we don't even know if we can help you yet. So we need to make sure that we can actually help you. We're only going to make an offer to somebody to, to join us in the program if we absolutely know that we can get results with that client. So we need to make sure of that first and foremost. But also, especially with the types of issues that we help people with, people tend to make a judgment call based on the approaches they've tried in the past or what they believe the problem is, which often it isn't, it's often much deeper issues un underlying that, and what they believe the solution should look like. Well, if they knew the answer to those questions, they'd have already fixed their problem. So we need to make sure that somebody is, is in, in the right place, first of all, that they're ready for our approach, that they're ready for the program, and that they actually know what's involved and what it's going to take in order for them to fully resolve their issues. And until we know the answer to all of those things, then discussing what the program looks like, um, what what it's gonna cost is, is irrelevant and actually counterproductive. I think that's such a valid point Ishtar made in investing in things like prevention, which stops us from being stuck in that mindset that will be fine until we end up in hospital. And what I like about what you do, uh, David, is it's almost like stopping that before it gets too late. Coming up next, we talk to David Godfrey about the role the brain plays in physical and long-term goals. You are listening to Reset Home Edition. And if you have any questions, slide into our DMs on Instagram at Omar Alduri or leave a comment below. Stay safe, stay home, and don't forget to reset. 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 Reset with Omar Alduri. Omar Alduri. Welcome back to Reset with Omar Alduri. I'm joined today by the wicked Shtar Azawi and David Godfrey. What a show we have in store for you today. If you're just tuning in, don't worry, you can catch us on SoundCloud and Instagram at Omar Alduri. David, how are you doing? Really good, thank you, Omar. How are you? Very, very good. David, the brain has a huge role to play in our decisions. Fight, flight, freeze. A lot of people, especially under lockdown and not knowing when this will be over, are living under stress and overwhelm. How do we program the brain to control the rest of the body? So, um, when it comes to stress and overwhelm, there's a number of things that can cause that, and very frequently people are blaming, for want of a better word, the, the things that are happening in the externals. Um, they, 
they put it on their job or their boss or their kids or their family and all of the demands and responsibilities that they have. And I'm not denying that they may have a great deal of those, but the key reason why people struggle with debilitating levels of stress and overwhelm is fundamentally because of what they're doing internally. And an entire day spent in patterns of thought and patterns of behavior such as low self-esteem, perfectionism, over-analyzing, people-pleasing, chronic worry, is going to create so much internal pressure and angst that you're just desperately going to look for a release or some kind of a way out. And it's going to pop out in something. And it leaks out in all manner of behaviors for people, whether it be struggles with food, or whether it be anger, um, or just being detached and distant a lot of the time. There's all, all manner of symptoms that people are going to experience. And often it later down the line manifests itself in, in physical symptoms and, and health problems and so forth. So I think the... Uh, what we have to first of all do is understand well, what's going on for that individual in terms of how are they creating and manifesting their own stress and overwhelm. But certainly in the times that we're in right now, one of the biggest things is uncertainty and people's relationship to uncertainty and their relationship to the future. I think that's one of the biggest areas that a lot of people struggle with. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you there, David. And, you know, talking about stress, I think um in the culture that you know we all live in and and me and omar from um being from the middle east being with our families in um isolation i think a lot of um people uh find that there's a lot of body shaming within the family friends and even people they hardly know now um talking about my own experiences being an athlete i'm constantly criticized for not looking like a fitness model um, and, and people always ask me, you know, why don't you have a six pack? How does that affect a person? The person being shamed, you know, how does it affect them? And, and leading on from that, how can um, a person like me or, or someone hearing this podcast right now, how can they stop people from body shaming them? Please just send me location. Amazing question. Um, I love that one. So I think one of the biggest shifts for people to get that I think is going to add so much value for a lot of your listeners and um, <clears throat> this might not be particularly easy for some people to hear either is that ultimately the problem isn't somebody else shaming you or somebody else criticizing your body or whatever it is it's not that that person judges you it's that you judge yourself if you were completely free completely absent of all judgment of self that was gone there was no there was a total and complete acceptance of self when somebody else comes along with their opinion either positive or negative it could be a compliment it could be somebody saying wow you look amazing today or it could be somebody saying you need to lose some weight either way you're not emotionally affected by it and sure, it might be nice to receive compliments and, you know, you can be grateful for that and, and so forth, but it's, it doesn't really hold any weight over how you feel emotionally in that day. And I think that's the most important place for people to realize is that if you're struggling with feeling like you're being shamed by somebody else, and, and that, again, that's not to say that 
you know, it's not challenging to be in an environment like that. Of course it is. But the place that true lasting transformation happens isn't in changing other people. It's in changing yourself and getting that new relationship with yourself. Brilliant. And when it comes to changing yourself, body transformations are often things we talk about all the time. Why is there that stigma that it's complicated and extreme? Talk to us about factors that block people from achieving that. I think, you know, uh, if, if, if I had to assess as to why that is and where that's come from, I guess one of the causes could be social media, right? Where you've got all of these images online that are extreme and people portraying ever more extreme results, more and more and more and more extreme. And particularly when you look at the fitness industry, perhaps people are going for results that are so extreme that if you look at a, a stage competitor when they get on stage they are as they say peaking but they're not just peaking for the for the week they're not just uh, peaking for the day they're peaking for the hour that they're on stage it is that extreme and that precise and then you end up with a bunch of images from that or from photo shoots that they have peaked for and then all of a sudden that starts becoming the norm and then people start wanting to look that way year round which obviously is, is more and more unsustainable but then we end up with all of these super dramatic before and after photos and because people are going for these monumental extremes then also people get taught extreme approaches and then as a result those extreme approaches then become just accepted as the right way to do things instead of an extreme approach to get an extreme result that fundamentally isn't sustainable year-round. Brilliant. Fascinating. Coming up next, self-sabotage, improving the relationship with ourselves, and of course, the fire round. Stay tuned for more on Reset. 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 With Omar Aldouri. Bringing on some of the best in the world of health, fitness, and lifestyle. Welcome back to Reset with Omar Dori, Ishtar Hazari, and David Godfrey. I did promise you I'd bring you the best in the business and what a show it's been so far. So, David, um, now my next question is about self-sabotage. As you know, coming back to me again, as I've worked with you, um, one of the issues that I was suffering from was being a bit OCD in terms of how I was eating, calories, macros spending lots of money on meal plans and then maybe on day 10 I would relapse start binge eating almost like I was building my own castle and then you know ruining it at the end um can you tell me why we end up self-sabotaging is it because we put too much pressure on ourselves <clears throat> so there can be uh, a number of reasons for that certainly when somebody learns to follow practices like counting calories, tracking macros, and even beyond that, even more extreme, carb cycling, calorie cycling, and so forth, then those methods tend to teach perfectionism, and it breeds this all-or-nothing mindset. And fundamentally, in order for somebody to be lean, healthy, in shape year-round, it's complete overkill, it's completely unnecessary. You don't need to go to those extremes in order to get that result. But the more control that somebody believes that they need to have, the more fear of losing control they develop. 
and the more they get boxed into that all or nothing mindset because it's either a good day or it's not and if it's a bad day well then all bets are off you might as well just let loose so that's one of the things that can contribute to self-sabotage but then there's also emotional reasons behind it as well right so for example one of the things um, that we come across quite frequently with a lot of our clients is what we call the human doing which is basically where somebody has learned to tie their sense of self-worth to always being busy and so now they're no longer a human being which is whereby your sense of worth is just purely from being you now it comes from i always have to be achieving overachieving breaking through i always have to be busy well now doing quote unquote nothing feels like you're being lazy or you're wasting time and so as a result when all of that stress and overwhelm and pressure builds and builds throughout the day, you desperately need some kind of a sense of release. The human nervous system has to dip into what we call the parasympathetic, which is basically the rest and digest side of the nervous system, which means we have to slow our brains down. We have to slow down the busyness going on. You can't just be ramped up all day long. And so what some people have learned to do is they've learned to use food as a way to um, switch their brain off because food is uh, eating is a doing thing right I'm not being lazy I'm not wasting time I'm busy eating and it's the perfect opportunity or excuse for them to slow down the busyness of their brain and to not think for a while so there can be all of these kind of emotional factors that are under, underlying it but what we have to realize is that every behavior no matter how irrational it might seem on the surface underlying it it's trying to provide you with some kind of subconscious benefit you know david we often focus on relationships with others such as family and partners and colleagues but when in truth the one we neglect the most is the relationship with ourselves. how do we improve that relationship with ourselves emotionally and physically great question um and a big topic but um i think one of the places to start is especially for people who have or believe that they've struggled with self-love is to realize that you already do love yourself and you don't have a choice in that (laughs) now for some people listening to that that might sound unbelievable but all you have ever done even the behaviors that you have labeled as self-hate whether it be negative body image or harming yourself in some way At the end of the day, you want to feel better. At the very least, you want to be in less pain, less emotional pain. All of us, one of the most base emotional needs that we have is certainty that we can avoid pain and achieve pleasure. But at the very least, avoid pain. So all you've ever been doing is is the best that you can with the beliefs and the understanding that you have on the world, on how things work, on yourself, on other people, the best that you can in order to feel better. So when you understand that, you realize that you already do love yourself. And it might just be that some of the ways that you've learned to try to achieve that or try to give yourself what you believe you want just isn't particularly effective. It's not that it's necessarily wrong, but it's just not as effective as it could be. So you already do love yourself, so maybe it's just time to learn an entirely new way of doing things so that you can create that new relationship with yourself. Fascinating. Coming up next, we put David through the fire round. Stay tuned for more on Reset. You're listening to Reset with Omar Adouri. 
the fire round. Welcome back to Reset with Omar Duri, Ishtar Azawi, and David Godfrey covering mental health, gut health, and how the brain controls everything. Now, David, in order for the listeners to get to know you, and I mean really get to know you, we put you through the fire round, which is a segment that adds a little bit of light to a dark time that we're facing now. And in order to do that, we're going to throw you under the fire round questions. Myself and Ishtar are going to throw one each at you. It's one word up to one sentence. It's up to you how you answer it. There's no wrong answers. Are you up for that? Okay, good. I thought you were going to say we're going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, for example, I could say top. I could say a topic like coffee, and you could tell me the first thing that comes to mind with coffee, right? Gotcha. Gut health. The second brain. Arnold or the Rock. The Rock. What the rock is cooking? Biggest nutrition man. What works for you? How do you reset? Get in touch with your purpose. Apple cider vinegar. <laughs> We're just getting warm here, boy. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> Fascinating as a sport. Training myth. Specificity. Appetite suppressants. Waste of time. The game changer documentary. You can swear, it's fine. Leading. Name a recovery hack. Stop. This is a tough one. I'm just going to warn you on this one, all right? Why did a chicken cross the road? <laughs> to get to the other side. <laughs> Acupuncture. Never had this beyond dry needling. Intermitt intermittent fasting? Often causes issues with food, but can be used to. Guilty pleasure. Harry Potter. Fair enough. <laughs> Veganism. If the reason is animal welfare, great. What's your favourite podcast? <laughs> the Halftime Show. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the Halftime Show and Chase, what's your favourite podcast? <laughs> Ah, Marketing Secrets podcast with Ross Brunson. Fittest athlete in the world? There isn't one. Fitness is too specific. Coffee? Double espresso. Immune system booster? Slowing down. Social media? Wonderful tool if you use it right. Cristiano Ronaldo? Legends. Unbelievable, Jeff! If you could have anyone on your pod, who would it be? <sighs> Apart from me and Ishtar, of course. <laughs> it's a crown. Nice. Ali or Tyson? Oh, Ali. Three supplements you live by, apart from food. Creatine. That's the only one I have pretty much every day. We'll take that. Otherwise, a multi and a zinc. Sleeping hack. <laughs> 
the outcome isn't to fall asleep. The outcome is to enjoy the relaxation of your bed because you can't make sleep happen. Who's your role model? Oh. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay, have a role. Next one. 2020. 2020. Wow. An incredible learning and growth experience for all. Nice. Favorite book? Harry Potter. I knew he was going to say that. Meditation. <laughs> Wonderful tool. Favorite cheat meal? Thai food. Uh, one piece of technology you use for your health and fitness? I don't. Apart from weights? It's not technology, is it? <laughs> Did you just train your shoulders? <laughs> <laughs> I used to. <laughs> Your experience on the research show. Enlightening and fun. Nice. And there you have it, David. You have survived the fire round on the research show. Um, Ishtar, you've been amazing as well. I've got to get my hat off to you. Do you have any questions for David before we wrap up? Yeah. So, David, um, if you could give one golden piece of advice to anyone who's suffering from binge eating, what would it be? Honestly, if you're really, really serious about fixing it once and for all, reach out and ask for help. Awesome. And there you have Great. it, David. David, you've been terrific. Lastly, where can the listeners follow you? And you have a podcast too. Let us know about the podcast. Yes. So, we uh, literally just launched our podcast uh, a week or two ago. It's called The Chase Life Podcast uh, with myself and my business partner and wife, Rachel Godfrey, formerly Rachel Guy. Uh, and then, yeah, people can find me at uh, Instagram, um, at dxgodfrey. They can find me on YouTube at the same handle, dxgodfrey, and also uh, our joint one with my, uh, my wife, uh, our kind of business one, so to speak, uh, Chase Life Consulting and also our website, chaselifeconsulting.com. Brilliant. And that's full time here, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. Feel free to like, share, and spread the word. We use this platform to bring on brilliant guests to spread awareness on key topics such as mental health, gut health, and how important the brain is in sustaining longevity in health and well-being. Stay home, stay safe, and stay blessed. Peace, guys. Reset. Reset. With Omar Aldori bringing on some of the best in the world of health, fitness, and lifestyle. <laughs>